Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. And I'm your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Chris, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Another week? Another week. Another fantastic week. Yes, sir. I had to break out my uh, Klingon dictionary for this one. Oh, you didn't uh, You didn't have all this stuff memorized in your head? No. <laughs> And I'm hoping that some of our listeners out there uh, are better versed in Klingon than we are. Oh, I'm sure because I'm looking are. forward to the discussions. Okay, well, that was that would be that would have been more fun than for us to just try and figure out what they're saying. Yeah, <laughs> turn off the subtitles and try to translate on our own. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> we're moving so on. A minute, to, we're on yeah, minute number minute. ten. Right. And this minute starts with the uh, the the, the bird, of play, bird of Prey still coming out of Cloak and uh, Commander Crew giving some orders. And then the minute ends with the uh, Bird of Prey sort of uh, slowly moving away from the Merchantman. Oh, nice. It's here and then it leaves. It's all happy. Happy transactions. Sure. <laughs> happy transactions. Sure. Um, so... We talked about it, I think, a little bit last week, the bird of prey, and yep. you know, um, it's called that, and it looks like it does because originally the bad guys in this film were going to be Romulans, so the the design of the ship was to look like a Romulan bird of prey to the you know uh, even to the point where the you know you see the wings painted right uh, on the wings, like wings painted on the wings, yeah. Um, I wish we got to see it more because I, I do really do like the you know, like. I like the look of, of the you know the, the, the painted wings underneath, but you don't yeah. get to see them very much in this one. Um, so you get a nice, but this shot is you know you get a nice shot of it just briefly. Right. So you bring up a you know a question that I have, and it's uh, and you may not know, and this may be a research project, and maybe our listeners can help us out. And you know you you had mentioned that this is this is the Klingon bird of prey, and that there was a Romulan bird of prey. Yeah. So is that like they broke the bird of prey from like, I, I guess I'm just sort of confused as to, you know, we don't call our vessels. And I say we, the Federation, we don't call the vessels bird of preys. Like, is that a is that a generic term for, you know, a, a, a war vessel? Are you, are you asking, is it the description of the ship or is it the name of the ship? Yeah, like I, I don't. I guess I'm and I'm I'm playing stupid here because you know they have the Romulan warbird which you know is you know were the Romulans did the Klingons steal the idea for the bird of prey from the Romulans I guess is where I'm going with this Oh well I I I don't think so my theory and I've I I tried looking this up too and I I haven't found anybody's like a definitive answer. It, my theory is that the Klingons stole this from the Romulans. It's a stolen ship, but that doesn't really hold up because we see this ship many, many, many more times right. in, in the in the series. Um, we see lots of Klingon 
ships that look like this and you know later um so i think it's just one of those is it a you know retcon like yeah sure klingons have always had vertebrae yeah i think that's where i'm sort of going with this has this been the thing that you know the yeah the, the Kling, it's always been the klingon bird of prey and the the movies are definitely retconning it and where the i think going forward the romulans have the warbird is what their main like ship i guess that they they travel around and mostly from like the next generation right right um yeah it's confusing and and i, I wish there was a more clear answer um but I've, I mean, I, other than getting, you know, hung up on the name and distracted a little bit by the name because I associate yeah. it with the Romulans, I, you know, it's it's a Klingon ship. It definitely, uh, it looks it looks much more like a, a Klingon, the you know, the classic Klingon battle cruiser um, from the original series than it does to the Romulan bird of prey from the original right. series. So. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, the Romulan bird of prey is like round and. You know, it's sort of like, yeah, it's like round on the front and like cut off on the end, and has two sort of nacelles on it. And yeah, it's not the mo- it's not the be- not the greatest uh, yeah. Star Trek design for ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm in. I I, I dig it. I, I it's I'm oh, I definitely like this version better than better you- than better than the original the Romulan bird of prey. Without a doubt. Would you prefer to see the the classic battle cruiser instead of this thing? No, this thing this thing looks awesome because it's very menacing, and it, I mean, it just looks like it's built for kicking butt. Yeah, especially with the wings, you know, the wings that they move up and down and stuff, so they can kind of strike these different predatory poses. Yeah, uh, definitely gives it that, um, and it, it it almost fits. It almost fits the. The character of the of these new Klingons, right? This is kind of the, the reintroduced to the, to the Klingons in the, in the films. Uh, it almost fits better with those with this this style of Klingon. That's probably not the right phrasing, but the uh, the Klingon battle cruiser. They look much more regal to me in a way. Yeah. Um, so they they fit better, I think, in the original series than they would necessarily hear. They they don't look as menacing. Right. They are super cool. I would still love to see one, an updated one in this film, but um, this works much better. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree. So this whole minute takes place in nothing but Klingon. So there's no, you know, no English in this or no, you know, common tongue or whatever you want to call it. Um, standard. Standard. So is that Star, um, Star Wars? The standard Star Wars? Or is that basic? Yeah. Um, and and there's um, in this minute also there's some there's some dubbing going on, where yeah. uh, you know Valkris says a couple things in English and they had to uh, you know I think we talked about him before I think Mark Okrand I think is his name we talked about him he's the one that developed the language and had to fit some of the words to fit you know into what she was saying so some of the words don't necessarily equal what the translations equal so i had a couple of notes on that as well you know it's we talked about that last week too and i missed that again in this minute so is the actress actually she's speaking english her lines in english yeah so we'll oh, get I to didn't that even notice that okay yeah. yeah so um the minute you know the or the bird of prey comes you know hovering in and we see the bridge 
And before we get into the minute, I just want to say how how the bridge looks cool. Mm-hmm. However, continuity speaking, it doesn't look like the bridge from the next movie. It doesn't, even though it's the same ship. Yes. Oh, I now see. I haven't watched the next movie. It's been quite some time. So um, that's one of my. You know, that's number two on my list, so I know that movie pretty well, and it looks nothing like that in the in the um Really? In that movie, yeah. So when do we complain about that? Do we complain about it now or do we wait until we are doing that minute and So obviously <laughs> I haven't seen this movie in quite some time and I'm watching it a minute at a time, and that was the first thing when I started watching this minute jumped out. It was like well, that's it- not the that's not the same bridge. Wow. Then you know what? You need to get like a gold star or something for recognizing that so quickly. Because, um, no, I did not pick up on that at all. I mean, because you have the main, you know, you have the main captain's chair, which is definitely elevated above, you know, everyone else. So that he's sort of looking down and, you know, again, the superiority, you know, I'm the leader, so I get the best, I get the best chair. Is that not the case later? Is that what you're saying? No, it's more of like in the in the in the set. It's more of Kirk's is in the middle, more like he was on the Enterprise. Huh? And maybe it's know, on the, an elevator. Yeah, and the and the crew is surrounding him more like it's the Enterprise. So you have like the two people in front, you have the people behind, and here it just does not it does not look the same. And you know, I hope that the people can back me up on this the the listeners can back me up on this that you're not imagining things you mean yeah i mean <laughs> when i look at the when i you know remember the bridge from and i, and I know we're obviously way off tangent already so i'm just going to keep going with it um here's <laughs> the bridge is is much more circular in search for spock and i feel like in the uh, the next movie it is much more Enterprise-like, so it's more open, where I feel like this one is very compact. You know, you have the five guys up front and, you know, surrounding the big chair, and you have the guy in the back, and I feel like it's very compact. Oh, yeah, it's it's it, that's one of the things, I mean, my note, too, it's very cramped. It's not a, uh, it's not a comfortable space. Yeah. And, you know, I'm actually looking at both bridges right now on my screen, and they look nothing, nothing alike. Even the door looks nothing like the door in... Wow. Like, and okay. again, and this may be one of those things that were bad Trekkies and, you know, maybe they're on the battle bridge and there's another bridge oh. or maybe there's something we're missing. Well, I like that theory. That's a good one. Um, the other one, my theory, I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, again, jumping head way ahead. Um, the, the, you know, this ship, this ship ends up on Vulcan. Yep. If we, it's there for a period of time. Yep. Right. Maybe there's a. They do some retrofitting. <laughs> I don't know. That's 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 all I got. Uh, but good eye, man. Can we? Right. Are you okay? No, go ahead. You're done. You're done. You're down. I'm, off I'm your, done with. I'm done with my rant. Your rant. You're down off your captain's chair. Yep. Okay. So, uh, the very first shot you see of the bridge. Um, where you see everybody, the five guys in front and crew up top, and um, the lighting. Can we talk about the lighting for a second. Uh, yep. All, all the officers sitting down in front are all lit green. Uh, 
everything else is kind of bluish purple, but the, and then the, the lizard dog is kind of lit up in pink. Yeah, he's like, this, a, yeah, it's weird lighting effects here. Does this remind you of if you were on uh, Klingon Bird of Prey ride at Disney? Doesn't this kind of give you that feel of that kind of lighting that they would do to kind of light up all the animatronics? And it's it's funny you say that because I have that similar comment when we get to minute twelve. Get out of town. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, well, that's my. Yeah. But I definitely right. I get what you're you're sort of saying. This this to me, actually, if I was going to equate this to Disney, I almost feel like this is like when you're on Space Mountain and you're like you're finally going up and you're looking at all the different you know people in space and they're at the space station. Like I almost expect to look to my right and see this. <laughs> like it's almost like the way like you said like the way the lighting is. I almost feel like this is this is a you know a, a section of the Disney ride at Space Mountain. That's that. Is that that's exactly yeah. That's it. That's what it. But the the lights change. Yep. Well, he. It, yeah. Crew calls up. He says, uh, "Yi Chu Ka Cha." Ooh. And he says, "Lights up," which I'm assuming means red alert, or okay. or does he mean? The translation is lights up. So I'm not quite sure what what he's saying here because the light obviously changes to red. Yep. We have been trained to know that when the red light is on they're at battle alert sure i would think klingons are always in this state right they're always yeah. in red alert they're looking for a fight right so then he pets his uh lizard dog lizard dog do you know he has a name I, the lizard dog so i do and oh, okay. i believe it's from the book mm-hmm. and i think you you were reading the book and i just happened to stumble upon this during research but you reading the book so you can you can throw it out there. Yep. In the book, his name is Warrigal. <laughs> I almost feel like that's the wrong universe. Well, I, feel, I, I feel like that's something we should have talked to Cassandra and Norm about. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep, some from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I Mine, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Totally looks like a Lord of the Rings creature. Uh, my note was, it looked like, it reminds me of the uh, Skeksis from, from uh, Dark, Dark, Crystal. Dark Crystal. right? Nice. Right, it yep. was definitely a puppet, which I appreciate. Although <sighs> he's not the greatest puppet, right? You look, <laughs> he's a little stuttery <laughs> for my taste. Well, it's not that. It, it, yeah, he's a little stuttery, and I, I do like that he's a puppet and that they have things going on, like he, they show breathing. It's just when they show that sort of fit front on, you know, like when he's is his hand is petting him mm-hmm. and. The, the creature just sort of turns his hell, head ever so slightly to look at the – almost like looking at the camera. That's when I realize, yeah, that's not real. <laughs> For a moment you thought it might be real? No, but I mean like, again, we watch these movies because we suspend our disbelief and we want to immerse ourselves in these universes. So we believe that ships can fly and fire phasers. So we, we have to believe that is what's going on. And then when you know when he's petting the creature, when he first reaches down, I'm like, oh, okay. And then when he turns, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just something about it just doesn't look right. And maybe it's, like you said, the stuttering, or maybe it's just it, when he's rubbing it, it just sort of looks rubbery. Like it's just something about it just does not fit. Uh, I, I am a fan of uh, monster puppets when they cover them in slime to make them look just even grosser. Uh, so he's got, you know, he's got a drippy snout, and yeah, he's just grody. 
the uh, one fun thing I uh, uh, he has a nickname uh, that I found the the the, the puppetry team yep. that you know controlled him did all the work. Um, his nickname was Fifi Rebozo. Fifi Rebozo. Right. So, would you prefer Fifi Rebozo or would you prefer Warrigal? We'll just call him Fifi. <laughs> just call him Fifi. All right. I want to hear Krug call him Fifi. Yeah. Call him by name. All right. There's more Klingon uh, yapping. So, so what, what's next? Yep. So Krug, um, you know, petting Fifi. Then he says uh, in Klingon, he says, Day Yili Da. They say a Da a lot. Um, so he says Day Yili Da, and that means transmit data now. Okay. And then they go over to the Merchantment Bridge, and we see Valkyris, and she looks like she has an 8-track tape. That was mine. You and I are clearly of an age, because that was my note, too. Like, okay, so they're, not only is this a data tape that they're using, it yes. looks like an 8-track. I just, and I'm, again, I think I'm going to go back to the previous movie, and, you know, when they're talking about, like, transmitting the data, you know, Khan wants the data, and they're going to transmit the data. Like, there was no tape. There was no cassette recorder thing. And I... I that we saw. And I guess, you know, this was filmed in 84, so I guess there was no... Were CDs around at that point? So I guess you didn't have a disc or... But, I mean, I figure you just... I don't know, push a button, but it just looks weird. And maybe it's because it's 2017 and we have flash drives, you know, the size of a nickel. And, you know, it, it just looks, it looks, this looks dated. Oh, yes. Yeah, I believe the CD-ROM uh, CD uh, was was just kind of being born about this time. Right, okay. So, But not probably in time to film, you know. They hadn't exploded on the scene. Can we talk about Valkyrie's uh, fingernails for a second? Those are some. Those are. Those look like they're made out of metal. They look like they are going to kill someone. Yeah, she is. She is Klingon all the way. Yeah, I give props to the uh, um, costumers on this movie. They did a good job. Lots of detail. You mean, yeah. Yeah. And it's like those little things that you, you never think about. It's like, you know, fingernails or whatever, you know, the little tiny detail that when you see it and then you, you can't unsee it and you're like, oh, that just ruins the movie for me. But here, you know, they, they went the extra detail and gave her those gigantic razor nails. Yeah, and even the Klingons, they have, they have like, not beads, but like metal metal beads in their hair. You know, this is kind of... Krug has a necklace. It looks like you know. There's yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot to take in when you when you really pause and look at all of the uh, all the costumes more closely. So the Genesis video, we start to see it transmitting, right? Yeah. So she says um, transmission. So she puts the tape in. She says transmission completed. You'll find it useful. And then yeah, we see the the tr- transmission of the data. Now, did you catch that? I mean. That we see Kirk interspersed there. I mean, I recognize you, fans would recognize the sequence that they're they're broadcasting as part of the the Genesis video that Kirk and Spock and McCoy watched in Wrath of right. Khan that Carol Marcus had put together. Uh, but this time we're seeing Kirk talking. It looks like Kirk talking. 
just interesting. Right. What's that? Yeah. About? So I, so I'm wondering if they intercepted. So he obviously had to report back to, I'm guessing Starfleet Command, mm-hmm. and you know he put together his own little video of what happened. And um, my guess is is Valkris's team intercepts it. Oh, interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. Where did they get this thing? You're right. They probably just, yep. Probably intercepted the signal, didn't know what it was, and then, you know, there because you I find it hard to believe that they would know about the Genesis device. Like, they would know that they were working on that. That's a really, you know what? I have not thought about that. That's a really good, a really good observation. So, how many people know what happened in the Mutara Nebula? Right. Like, did they see, you know, they had a ship going by and saw the explosion or, you know, within however many light years away, they, 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 it had to have some sort of effect. So did Klingons go to investigate? Did they send their, you know, Valkyrie, who I'm assuming is a spy and, you know, um, intercept the transmission from the Enterprise to Starfleet Command and then they were able to disseminate what it was and realize that it's, you know, a weapon of some sort, that they believe it's a weapon of some sort, so that's when they bring Krug in and, you know, transmit the data over to him so that he can take it back to, you know, the Klingon homeworld. That's an elaborate theory. I like it. That's the only thing I could think of. So she may have been a Federation spy of some sort? I don't know. I mean, she obviously is Klingon, and I know I said we were talking about it last minute with Cassandra, and I said I wasn't quite sure that she was Klingon, but... She clearly is Klingon, um, as we see over the course. But she almost has different. She almost looks Romulan as as. And I think I've mentioned that before. That you know maybe she, she's an ambassador, but also a spy or something. I don't know. Oh sure. So some kind of diplomatic immunity or whatever yeah. that lets her get away with stuff. Yeah. Sure, I'll buy that too, man. So uh, the transmission completes. Crew pulls out looks like he's got his own eight track now with a copy presumably with a copy of the video and then he and Valkyris have a conversation or exchange some words and you've got the translation one one question before we get to that one question i have is watching the minute you know as we do we scrub through them as crew goes over to the you know the officers you know his his uh, tech guy you know he's on the screen it's all snowy and then the kirk stuff comes up i mm-hmm. almost feel like the tech guy says something or he's just moving his lips in some way. And I don't know if it's, he's moving his lips or breathing or whatever, but I almost feel like he says something and they just didn't put it in. Yeah. I, I think he's just cleaning his teeth. And okay. his tongue. <laughs> so she says, um, and again, I apologize for these horrible, horrible pronunciations. She says something to the effect of Jabi Eid Petith. Kuvad Li Net to Beige, which is transmission completed. You'll find it useful. And the note that I have here is that uh, this was one of the lines that Valkyrie was filmed saying in English, then redubbed in Klingon, and that Okren had to find certain words to fit her mouth movements. Uh-huh. So I guess it comes out, it almost sounds like it like useful. Interesting. So it, it, it doesn't translate exactly 100%, but I think that's what the the subtitle is. Okay. So, th- so then he says, uh, Vaj de la Fiu, Pew, then you have seen it. And, and she responds, uh, Hishla Jawi 
I have my lord, which I found a very interesting way to respond to him. My lord. My lord. Yeah. I, I was wondering about that too. Is that a, is that a, like a title? Like, or is that, um, I don't know, just defining her relationship to him, you know, as some kind of rank. Um, yeah. Is it a, is it a rank thing? Like, cause obviously he's captain of the vessel, but does he also have some other title? Uh, back on back on the Klingon homeworld. Yeah, like I don't know if they have an aristocracy of king queen like we do, or if they, ha- you know, like we had, but or if it's uh, that's just what you call a captain, my lord. That just seems right. just seems weird. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I did. I did feel it. Like no way, my lord. That's very. I don't hear that much. Very much in Star Trek. You know, it's more of a. You know. Um, Game of Thrones or yeah, Lord of the Rings or um, so then the conversation continues where he's after she he ha- says I have my lord he he says Doha which is unfortunate she yes. understands the meaning of his word which is uh, she says Jiyaj uh, I think that's what she says Jiyaj and she says understood which she obviously knows what he, you know, the, we're not privy to what this sort of conversation is. We can understand what it means. Maybe, under, you know, we sort of get it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, the sort of back and forth of, you know, I have my Lord unfortunate, understood. And then uh, Krug finally, you know, sits down in the chair again. And he says, uh, he says, Chewy, Chewy Da. And that means thrusters. So they're okay. ready to pull out. So, okay, a couple of things. Uh, one, you are amazing with your Klingon pronunciation. <laughs> so, guys, I've known Dave for 30-plus years now, and I don't think I've ever heard you speak all of this Klingon. Yeah. I'm impressed. I thought you were just going to translate for us, not actually pronounce everything for us. Well, I was going to try to. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's, that's, I'm going that extra mile. That's it. I completely appreciate it. I hope the uh, listeners appreciate it. Uh, so, well done, my friend. But I need to come back to this exchange uh, between Valkyrie and Krug, uh, especially the um, uh, you've seen it. I have. He's unfortunate, and she says understood. And uh, of course, we know it's uh, in hindsight. We we know where this is going. Right. But did you also have you did you note the um, the pause before crew goes back to his chair he kind of he looks like he's about to cry doesn't he he yeah. actually he's, he's he pauses for a few moments and his eyes are watering up and like i thought that's a really i mean it's it's not that it's subtle because you know you get yeah. you notice it um well, i think, I think yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a lot of unspoken stuff happening here in this really brief scene and that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's definitely like we're not privy to something else that's going on. We get the meaning of what the com- the conversation is, but there's yeah, there's a little teeny bit behind the the, the looks and the because even she has a couple of pauses and the way she sort of you know looks as well. And we'll learn a little bit more about what's going on here in the next minute, right? But I just I just you know kudos to Christopher Lloyd. Uh, to Nimoy's directing here, it's just a you know, for, it's it's a it's a passing moment, but it's it's actually got some weight to it. Yeah. Um. So what do you say? Yeah. So crew goes back to his chair. 
Um, did the lights change again? Are we, is, is, is this no, like a still, third lighting scheme? No, it's still red. Okay. But there appears to be smoke in the room. Well, sure. It's Klingons. Smoking their Klingon cigars. Um, is that Does that take us to the end? I think that takes us to the end, and then we see the... Uh, the um, we see an external view in the, from above this time, and the bird of prey is going to slowly start to move away. So yeah, as if they're one. they're they're just they're they're ready to go. Just leave it. See ya. We we got our stuff. We're out. You guys have uh, a good day. <laughs> Thank you for your transactions. That would. Yep. Um, I I I had one last note here. It was a nice touch with the with the bird of prey uh, moving off and the its shadow getting cast across the merchantman. I just thought that was yes. a, that was a cool way to light that scene. So um, we talked about it, I think when the movie started, when we started the first couple of minutes, we talked about the budget and how this had a bigger budget than uh, Wrath of Khan. And it definitely shows in touches like that, that you yeah. can definitely, uh, you know, you see that and that's, and that's good. Um, but there are moments also in this movie where you're like, mm, where did the budget go for that? <laughs> yeah, they were cutting corners there. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a plus. We're going to put this in the plus column for yes. uh, budget. Okay. All right. Well, then I don't have any other notes. Do you? Nope. I'm good for this minute. All right. Cool, cool. Well, then, uh, folks, uh, we're going to be back again on Wednesday. Um but uh, while you're waiting to hear back from us, why don't you go check out? We are um, we're selling T-shirts and stickers and all sorts of fun stuff over at tpublic.com. Uh, you can find us there, Star Trek Minute. Uh, we've got some designs uh, by Mr. Stoker himself, um, and uh, they make a really cool sticker. I have several of them already, so you guys should check that out. Uh, tpublic.com slash Star Trek Minute. I'm not sure how you actually get to it. I probably should have looked that up, but fine, you'll find us a Star Trek Minute. Um, and again, we'll be back here on Wednesday with minute number 11 of Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. You're at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Chewie, duh.